Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me. Well, I've been saying on my last few programs that I am going to interview someone that I think you would find very interesting in a series of interviews that I think will be a great encouragement to you. And I will set this up by saying this. Uh, the way this all came about this past December 30th, 2016, so as of this recording just a little over a month ago, uh, I received a voicemail. And uh, I looked at the, uh, pulled it up on my phone email, looked at the, the transcript, how it does in Google Voice, and just kind of reading through it. You know, it doesn't always transcribe it exactly right. But uh, I looked, and uh, I thought I saw a name that I recognized. And uh, so I listened to the voicemail, and indeed it was a name that I recognized, and a name that you will recognize. And so I want you to listen to this voicemail. I'm just going to play it for you. Listen to this voicemail, and then we will get to the interview. Hi, Justin. This is Costi Hinn calling. Uh, it is about 1130 on the West Coast. I live in California, and I'm a pastor out here in Tustin. And um, I just wanted to shoot you a personal phone call and just thank you for your ministry. I honestly um, have been following your ministry for quite some time, but I have meant to email and call for some time, but just never did. And um, working on a project recently, had a chance to really go through your seminar and dig in uh, with what's on your website as well. And, you know, I just appreciate your ministry and just want to say thank you. Uh, obviously, my last name is Hen, and so, you know, that might ring a bell with you, but my uncle is Benny. And um, so a lot of a lot of uh, significance with your ministry for my life personally, my wife and my kids, and so uh, we're not caught up in that. We're in we're in a Bible church and we're a pastor here. So just wanted to say thank you, appreciate all that you're doing. Certainly love you in the Lord, and hope that God continues to bless your ministry and use you the way He has uh, in my life too for others. So my personal number, if you ever want to connect, is nine four nine. Would love to touch base with you if there's anything I can do to serve you. Or, uh, any other resources you have, I'd love to get those to some of our leaders and uh, continue to, to get this in uh, with all that's going on today. So thanks again. Sorry for the long voicemail. Talk to you soon. Bye. So does uh, does that surprise you? Well, I have played this voicemail for a, a, few, a couple of my close friends, and they have just marveled, as I'm sure you are probably marveling at this moment as well. Uh, after I got this voicemail a couple of days later I called uh, Costi and we made contact and we talked for oh I think hours or more in our first conversation and we have talked a number of times since then and uh, I just can't tell you what a joy it is to talk with him and fellowship him very much a, a like-minded believer um, I'm honored and privileged to have Costi as as a as a new friend and and that's my brother in Christ, and he joins us now. So, Costi, it is, uh, I can't tell you what an honor and privilege it is for you to be with us. How are, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be on, Justin. Thanks for having me, brother. Absolutely. 
absolutely, Costi. Well, let's get right down to it, Costi. Uh, you have shared with me your testimony, and I've marveled at it. And so I would just like for you to do that for our listeners right now. Um, give us give us the whole nine yards, man, the background, everything, how how the Lord has worked in your life and brought you to where you are right now. Awesome. Yeah, I guess for starters, I will say um, that, you know, that voicemail to you was a long time coming. There's been a couple years of, uh, of being blessed by your material and what you put out. So uh, I think we'll get to where we are now down the road on the program. But uh, for now, just thank you, and I'm glad to be here. Um, I guess we could start from the beginning. If I go too long, just cut me off. But, uh, you know, growing up, a hen was growing up pretty normal, as normal as you could get. I know you'll laugh at that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I grew up in a very loving home. My parents are, are very loving people. They're kind. And uh, I grew up in the church world. My dad uh, planted a church up in Vancouver, British Columbia. So I was, grew up Canadian, even though I was born in Florida. And your, and, your uh, dad is, is Henry, Henry Hen. Yep, that's my dad, Henry, and uh, he pastored the church up there, Uh and so growing up in the church, we were inundated with the Bible, we knew the scriptures in a sense, we understood the stories of the Bible, like many kids, we were in the Christmas play and dressed up as Mary and Joseph, and we memorized our Bible verses, and we got, you know, Bible bucks for answering right in church and uh, you know i know some churches use that system now it wasn't a prosperity gospel thing back then it was just fun and we got candy and treats and i mean we enjoyed a a fun very lively children's program and growing up in church and we went to a private christian school the gospel was clear in that we understood jesus died for our sins and that god loved us but there were a lot of additions And in my young years, I didn't quite understand what was happening to my worldview and to my theology. But by the time I got to my teenage years, God was much more of a transactional being. And he was presented as a father who just wanted his kids to be happy. So he wants to give us what we want, when we want it. And the big kicker on our end of things is that our faith is the vehicle to get what we want. And so faith was just a a way to rub God, if you will, as a magic genie to unlock all these blessings. And so I was a kid, I loved sports and I wanted to be a big league baseball player. And so you just, you know, you just got to believe and have faith and God will do it. And I wanted to be rich and not have debt. And I wanted to live in a house and meet a nice wife and have kids. I mean, everything from the practical to the extravagant, God could do. Yeah. And so... I did get made fun of as a kid. Growing up in those private schools, I went to one that was a Christian reform school. Of course, I had no idea uh, about reform theology, zero appreciation for it as well. Looking back, I wish I did. But these kids would make fun of me for being Benny Hinn's nephew. And we were the outcasts. We were fringe weirdos. We were uh, the tongue-talking charismatics. I mean, we were out there. Whereas nowadays, this stuff is normal. And... I guess the paradigm switched to where when I was young, we were weird. Now it's the mainstream. Wow. Uh, millions upon millions of churches exploding. And But what we thought of Baptists and Reformed people, anyone who didn't do it the way that we did in the charismatic churches, is they were dead. Yeah. So as a young kid, I've got this grasp of the gospel, and I say that with respect to uh, 
obviously what we know now. God is very transactional, and everybody who doesn't speak in tongues, who doesn't heal people, who doesn't have big services with big evangelists, they don't have the Spirit. They're dead. Mm-hmm. And so these kids would make fun of me. You know, you're Benny Hinn's nephew. He's a weirdo. You're Henry Hinn's son. These guys are false teachers. And I would actually fire back, yeah, well, at least I have the Spirit. You go to that <laughs> dead church. You got no miracles. Your dad's not filled with the Spirit. Your dad's not powerful like mine. Uh, you know, signs and wonders follow them that believe. We've got the power. And so... I was literally just repeating what I had been brainwashed to believe. Sure. And uh, God bless wherever those kids are now. I mean, I hope some of them are are pastors because they were telling me like it is. And, you know, they they had the truth. So to kind of fast forward, we were raised with the fivefold ministry mentality to the nth degree. At one time, my dad told me uh, that he had all nine gifts of the Spirit. Uh, my uncle, of course, assuming that you want to leave the list at nine, obviously. And um, and then, of course, my uncle could operate in all of the offices listed in Ephesians 4. So there was this really big mentality, lots of gifts, we can do it all. We've got real theology, and we've got the real spirit. And so... He claimed to be an apostle? Oh, sir, I mean, you could, yeah. He, right. he, he could operate in the apostolic office. And yeah. it sounds comical and silly now, if you know the truth, but back then, it's normal to hear from a father or uncle or a teacher in this movement uh, that they can switch it on any time. You know, I, I'm going to move in the prophetic, right? You've heard that. That's a normal statement. Right. Uh, I believe tonight I have an anointing for the prophetic, or tonight I feel the Spirit in this way, or tonight, you know, I've got... God told me to, to evangelize. I'm going to bring the gospel, and then I feel the prophetic for your life tonight. God's going to bless you. It's all that smoke and mirrors building up the holy man in people's minds so that they uh, they take in whatever he's preaching. Right. So that's my worldview heading into my teenage years. And then with all that, I begin to process what I'm reading because I read my Bible. My parents would, you know, say, did you read your Bible this morning? Absolutely I did. Or, you know, when I got in trouble sometimes, they'd say, well, why don't you go pray in your room and read your Bible? So I'm opening divine revelation. I'm interacting with the scriptures. Hmm. And as a teenager, I come across passages. And I remember one, it came up actually later in life. And I'll tell you that, that at the end of my testimony. But... I would come across things like, you know, Paul writing to the Corinthian church saying that not everyone is going to speak in tongues. Not all have gifts of healing, do they? You know, 1 Corinthians 12, there at the end, uh, right. verses 27 through 30. And I would look at that, and I would think, but we do that. <laughs> we speak in tongues in the service. Yeah. At the altar, you know, but we're told, just move your mouth, or just say whatever comes to mind. Release your faith. And then there, this was a common one. This was actually the one I loathed the most, because I couldn't even invite my friends to church, or they would leave. I, I actually am an evangelist by nature. I love to evangelize lost people. Right. I always want to invite my friends to church. But then my dad, or if it was a crusade, my uncle would have crusades. We'd invite our friends, and we'd travel to them, and all those things. And every time, one of them would stand up and yell at the crowd, 
Come on, lift up your voices, lift up your hands, pray in the Holy Ghost, people, pray. And they would yell at the crowd as though their tongues were going to heal the person. And my poor friends, I mean, that, that would be the last time they'd come to our church. <laughs> and so it was really, really contradicting, and I was juxtaposed. The Bible says this, here's what we do. And I was told, you know, don't put God in a box. Yeah. Don't speak about an anointed man of God. Don't question what the Holy Spirit's doing. That's blasphemy against the Spirit. Touch not or, my anointed. <laughs> well, that's my favorite one is, you know, we're pulling because David didn't slaughter Saul, you know, <laughs> in a cave while he's relieving himself. All of a sudden, you can't say, Uncle Benny, why do we, you know, heal people with a process, supposedly? Right. Why do people get walked across a stage? Just move your legs. Just begin to exercise your faith. Why are people in healing lines? If we can heal instantly, let's just heal them. Right. Why not hospitals being empty? Why can't my friend's dad with cancer be brought and just be prayed for? Why is why does he have to sit in a certain seat? Why does the music have to play? I had all these questions. Um, and like a typical teenager, I was lost myself and confused, and I was like typical, you know, full of hormones and just shooting all over the place, kind of, I want to be this when I grow up, and I believe this, and I want to do this, and at the same time questioning my faith, and teenage years are rough. Youth pastors have a high calling. Uh, and for me, I was just lost, man. And nobody could answer my questions without patronizing me or uh, using big statements like, don't put God in a box. So as a 16-year-old, you're scared. Yeah. Don't put God in a box. Okay. I, I won't question God. So uh, we did some other really weird stuff that to this day uh, I remember vividly. We went through a bottled water phase where bottled water was considered a point of contact. So dozens and dozens of water bottles were stored on the stage as holy water. I would call it the holy water phase. <laughs> and, you know, my dad would, would shout or someone would, you know, give me a bottle of water. The Lord's going to heal this person or um, you know, drink this cup of water and, and God will, you're going to be debt free. And so we'd have altar calls. They were mostly about receiving a fresh touch from God. And we see a lot of altar calls nowadays, obviously for salvation and people wanting to commit their life to Christ or even, you know, the one that we've talked about plenty where people just kind of raise their hand and pray a prayer. It wasn't even that. This was just, come get touched by the holy man who has the power and the anointing. And so on a regular Sunday morning, Sunday night service, Wednesday night, that was just the norm to see really odd things. And, uh, you know, from bottled water to special anointing towels, it's all the point of contact stuff, basically taking Paul and the handkerchiefs in Scripture right. and taking it to the nth degree. Right. So that was normal. I know that that's not normal, but uh, for me it was. And then out of those teenage years, it gets prophesied over me that I'm the next in line to take the Vancouver church to the next level. Um, so I've got an elitist mentality. I'm better than the Baptist churches. I got it. The Reformed churches don't. I'm the next thing. My dad's Henry. My uncle's Benny. All, you know, Several of my other uncles are pastors. We've got the power. We're the hands. And... We have this generational blessing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be next. Oh. And all along, 
I'm a sinful teenager. Uh, and, and to be fair, I want to be really clear about this. My parents never made me sin. The theology that I was taught wasn't the reason I sinned. I sinned because I was a sinner. Right. I was a depraved teenager left to my own devices. And what else is going to happen but sin? The theology was more uh, just what contributed to my, my foggy mentality and a very, very unbiblical worldview. And so, uh, you know, and obviously not hearing a proper gospel was keeping me in darkness. So Romans ten seventeen was not happening. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I was hearing the, the word of faith movement, yeah. not the word of God. So I was not uh, necessarily blaming my parents or their theology by explaining a lot of that. But in a sense, I wasn't getting sound doctrine. So... Um, I wasn't going to come to true faith at that point until I got away from that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the next phase um, of the story goes to a point in my life where I begin to work for Uncle Benny. And again, the mentality is this. If you want something from God, do something for him. This is normal. Uh, this was actually on a recent TV program. I think uh, you know my uncle or, and, and someone from that circle was kind of doing this program and and they were talking about whatever is loosed in heaven will be loosed on earth, whatever you bind yeah. on earth, you bind in heaven, et cetera, et cetera. And so right. that was very common. So here I am. I want to play baseball. I'm playing in high school. I want to play in college. I want to play professionally. And I get this idea. I'm going to put God before baseball. So what's the best way to do that? Well, I'm going to go work for Uncle Benny and serve him and then ask God to bless me so I can go to college, get a scholarship, and play professional baseball one day. And so I actually accept the job offer. My uncle was always taking us to travel with him. He was never unkind to us. He was always generous. So that's that's another thing we need to be clear on is this isn't my smear campaign to try to get back at my family for doing anything wrong to me. Right. Uh, they're they're loving people. I mean, they are so nice. They are not going to, you know, they're not going to have you over for dinner because no, one's, no <laughs> one likes you. You're the mean guy that keeps calling everyone out. Right. But if you weren't you, they'll feed you like a king. They'll be kind to you. They'll love you. They're nice people. They never did anything wrong to me uh, besides the theology that I was taught. So Uncle Benny hires me on, pays me well, and I'm thinking, I'm going to serve the Lord by serving Uncle Benny. And uh, I didn't want to be like him. I didn't want to be a big evangelist with a white suit. I didn't want to have a healing ministry. But I wanted to be rich like him. That was a life I really, you know, it sucked me in pretty good. Right. Um, And so even with the suspect theology, it was just fun. It was fun to fly on an airplane, fun to a private airplane, fun to be treated like royalty, fun to stay in the most expensive hotels in the world. fun to be rich and to have no responsibility all along i'm still going to transition and go to college and play baseball this following year and so with all that under my belt i i get a hummer an h2 and i'm living the dream and sure enough a door opens where i can play baseball in college so after working for my uncle benny i go and i enter college and i'm playing baseball uh, I end up at Dallas Baptist University in Texas. It's a small D1. 
and it was my new home. And I was an average baseball player. I was no superstar by any stretch, but, you know, I was at a great school, and I thought, this is my chance to really be something and go out on my own. And little did I know that that was going to be the moment that God began to unveil things uh, that were very clear to others. But I had the blinders on. I was still unregenerate. And so I go to play for a guy named Dan Hefner. He's still the coach there. Um, Actually, his brother-in-law is Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist just had the game-winning hit for the Cubs in the World Series last year. He's the MVP. I mean, these are Christian guys. Uh, Zobrist's dad is a pastor uh, in Illinois, in Eureka, Illinois. I mean, these are Bible-believing, humble Christians who are uh, leaders in the baseball world. And so, sure enough, he says, hey, you know, you should join a Bible study. And they're the nicest guys in the world. They should have judged me. They should have not let me in the school. They should have not let me on the baseball team. I was, I drove on, I was cocky. I was very elitist. And I was acting like I was somebody and I was nobody. And um, just a product of the prosperity gospel who yeah. thought I was a big time baseball player and I was nothing. Right. And guys, President Dr. Gary Cook, he, he's not the president there now, he was. Um, there's a vice president there named Blair Blackburn. He's the president of another black Baptist school now. Uh, and obviously my coach, these guys stuck their neck out for me. And they did not judge me because I was a hen. They treated me kindly, they were loving, and they treated me like I was part of the, the Baptist family and the baseball family. Mm. And so there it began. Wow. A wrestling match in my heart. I'm full of sin. I got bad theology. I got big sinful dreams to be rich and go on and do whatever I'm going to do in my life. And truth kept on battering down my heart. Coach Hefner would always talk about God's sovereignty. We'd sit in our team huddle before games, and he would look in the stands and say, guys, don't worry about scouts. God's sovereign. And I used to think, well, what in the world? How do I get on the good side of sovereignty then? Because I want to get drafted, or I want to be this, or I want to be that. Yeah. Um, he would quote like Proverbs 21.1 and say, the king's heart is like channel of water in the hand of the Lord. And he turns it wherever he wishes. Guys, God's in control. He controls kings. He controls the world. And guess what? He controls scouts. So just play the game, glorify God, and have a good time today. And I would be so confused. You're telling me to just believe in God, trust in his sovereignty, and I do nothing? I just play and have fun, and he's in control? i got to figure out a way to get this system to work for me, like a typical <laughs> prosperity kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do I make this benefit myself? And so that continues. He's a gracious man of God, my coach, and I graduate. Tell you I what. up quite a bit. Hey, Kosti, yeah. looking at the time here, man, I hate to – Hate to cut this off, but we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap it up for this program. But uh, uh, we're we're just getting to the <laughs> to the good part, and I'm I am really excited about this. I want to hold you over for our next program, and we will pick up just exactly where you where you just left off. And uh, I, I just it's so interesting listening to you talk. You know, God was not the end; He was a means to an end. Right? That's a fair way to say it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, fascinating. Um, praise the Lord, Costi. Praise the Lord. We um, we will pick this up 
in our next program, dear ones. Uh, I know you will, of course, want to join us for the next uh, several programs. And uh, as we hear from Costi, he will continue to tell us about his testimony in our next program and have uh, much more discussion with uh, Costi Hinn. So thank you very much for joining us, dear dear friends. And until our next time together, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.